And that six-point buck was the first six-point buck to make the Pope and Young record book. Oh, wow. Wow. What history. He he had tremendous mass. His bases, one was just a hair under seven inches, (gasps) and the second one was over six and a half, and that was larger. There were only about 2,500 whitetails in that first Pope and Young record book. Wow. But uh, he was the only six-pointer. He was the only buck larger around the bases than anyone on that. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb the... Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to wiseeyesmartcam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Legacy Farmland and Wise Eye presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio. Redbone Mike Crace, Wayne Locke at the helms. And we have got another exciting show. We've got a couple of things going on. Here it is, pre-rut. Bucks are on their feet. They're checking does. They're scraping. They're rubbing. Uh, I've even had people tell me, Redbone Wayne, that they are breeding. They've seen some bucks breeding does. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Talk to somebody just today. Said they had they had bucks chasing all over their farm. Does didn't have any interest in them whatsoever, but the bucks were pushing them all over yeah. the place. Yeah, they're, they're pushing. They're checking. And, and yeah. the same person, I won't say who it is on air. because Oh, we, yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah. But he's got... Pictures of three different bucks on his farm that have one of their antlers go just straight up, about 18, 20 inches long. He needs to kill them. Well, and, Get here, them out and there. here's why. He saw two bucks fighting uh, last night. Oh, they broke it, it their came, main beams. No. Mm. The one with the straight beam Yeah, during the fight stabbed the other one through the chest all the way into the lungs and killed it. You kidding me? No. He, 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 he saw the deer laying down there dead. Because he went to check his cattle and came back. Deer oh, down, my. Went down there. No gunshots. Yeah. No arrow shots. He thought maybe somebody shot it and run over on him. Yeah, he definitely needs to get rid and, of those and, three and this, bucks. And this is a 10-point that they've been hunting for five years. Oh, and he's they killed down the big 10-point. Laying down there dead. He's got a, a, a stab wound in his mm. chest that goes all the way through his heart. Oh, my. What a story. we got to get some pictures of that. And I'll and, get him to send us some. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. Pictures. Yeah. yeah. At least it's a fresh kill. You can still get the meat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and he did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he said, well, just, just yeah. so sad. This deer, they've been hunting forever. I mean, he's a good, giant. Good deer. Giant. Nice. Well, that's yeah. sad. But anyways, pre-rut. And we've got two different guests. The first guest going to be on here, the first segment with us, Ryan McKinley with Legacy Farmland Specialist LLC. And Ryan's on the phone right now, but we're going to bring him in here in a minute. But let's talk about the Chiefs. Chiefs got beat. By Denver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would reword that. Yeah, reword the it. The Chiefs got beat by themselves. Yeah, they beat themselves, dropping passes and not executing. Uh, high school football. Thayer's playing Friday night. Right. Uh, Charleston. Play, Charleston. Mm-hmm. And they some good teams down there. That's where Ron McKinley's from, over around Dexter. And then uh, you got Popper Bluff. They're a pretty good team, too, this year. And they say Cape Girada. And Jackson, Missouri's a good team. Yeah, there's good teams all over. And, of course, now we're in the district, so yeah. kind of weeding them out. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the topic of this show is uh, uh, we're going to interview Mr. M.R. James. He's a legend in bow hunting. He helped create Bow Hunter Magazine. He's a legend for sure. But what we want to do right now is bring in Ryan McKinley. Ryan McKinley's on the line. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, welcome. Glad to have me. Glad I'm here, Alex. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing good, man. Can you get a little closer to your phone there? We can hear you a little bit yeah, better. How about there. this? It's That's better. a lot better. A lot better. I know Legacy Farmland is moving properties left and right. They're helping list properties. They're giving consulting, helping people. What hot piece of property are you wanting to talk about? Hey, today, uh, just fresh listing. I'm talking about hot off the press. 
245 acres, Wayne County, just uh, two and a half miles south of Mill Spring. Uh, you got a mile of Black River frontage oh, wow. on the east, and you've got a mile of Highway 49 frontage, 139 acres of good, good pasture ground for grazing or, um, uh, you know, cut for hay. Uh, the rest is woods, turkeys, deer. It's all there. I mean, you know, whatever a man wants to do or needs to do, he can do it on that farm. How much of it's timber and how much of it's pasture? And tell us about the structures. Yeah, 130 acres of pasture, and that would leave you 115 acres of timber. Mm, and it, it has a big um, power line run through it, so you got a power line there. Oh, wow. Any marketable timber on it? Uh, there, there's some. Very, you know, a few to some is what I'll call that. Yeah, yeah. How about how about ponds? I'd be looking for to do some fishing with the kids. Well, they got the river there. Okay, so Bunyard Spring <laughs> that runs under 49. Hey, I still like pond fishing. I like pond farm. fishing. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Say it again, Ryan. So Bunyard Spring actually runs under Highway 49 and works its way out to the Black River through this farm. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. You've got, you've got a big pond, a big slough that's fed by spring, uh, crappie, perch, that's what um, so about. back in the old days, I guess you know, thirty, forty years ago, this was a this was a trout fishery. Wow! <laughs> so yeah. there's some history on this property. Yes, absolutely. Anybody that remembers going up Highway 49 to Mill Spring and going to the the trout uh, the trout factory, uh-huh. that's where this is. Well, is, again, uh, is there any houses on it? No, 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 no structures. Okay. Um, just open canvas for that. My person could build them a house Beautiful. anywhere they wanted to. So. so so if somebody is interested in buying this piece of property or wanting to look at it, what do they gotta do, Ryan? Just go just give me a call, five seven three six eight three one four four nine. Go to the website, www.legacyfarmlandspecialist.com. Go to recreational properties, uh, and it's right there. Two hundred and forty five okay. acres, Wayne County. Uh, can't miss it. There All you have the it, photos folks. Are on there. Two hundred forty-five acres. If you're in Germany, uh, wherever you're listening, Mexico, this farm is a hot piece of property. Uh, they can call Ryan McKinley or go to their website and find out more about this property. That property won't last long, Ryan. I don't think so. It's, I mean, it's it's on. You know, it's uh, priced at nine forty-nine. Okay. So right at nine hundred fifty thousand. That's under yeah. four thousand an acre for unrestricted land with electric fencing for pasture, good pasture, mm-hmm. mile of river frontage with a boat ramp, uh, and then Highway 49 access. That's beautiful. Better. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, Ryan, one more question. Are there any utilities on the property now? Yes, yes. Power is on the property for the electric fence and everything. There you have it. You better call it, guys. Call Legacy Farmland Specialist LLC. These guys got it going to ask for Ryan McKinley. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, hey, I'll see you guys. You. Everybody, good luck deer season. Uh, get them. Yeah, and I'll see you Saturday evening in Bardwell, Kentucky, Whitetails Unlimited Banquet. Uh, doors open at 5 o'clock. I'll be there talking about deer hunting and sharing my faith with everybody. They're expecting over 300 people at this event, Saturday night, Bardwell, yeah, Kentucky. I'll see you there. All right, we're going to a break. When we come back, we've got M.R. James, a legend bow hunter, an outdoor rider. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits across the creek up a big old hill year after year hornady ammunition presents 
Welcome to American Roots Outdoor Segment 2 of our show. And as promised, we've got a legend on the phone. If you love bow hunting, this topic here is about bow hunting. And you're going to get to learn some things if you didn't know these things. This guy is a big buck killing machine. This guy is a true legend. He helped create Bow Hunter Magazine. He's been inducted into the Archery Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show, Mr. M.R. James. Good to be here. Yes, sir, MR. So everybody's listening. We're in 19 countries. Who is MR James? Tell everybody where you was born. Talk about your family, school, college, your sports, hunting and fishing. Tell us about you. Okay. I grew up in uh, southern Illinois. I was born in 1940. That makes me 39 this year, if my math's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in an outdoor-oriented family both my sisters married farmers and they had good hunting on their farms and uh, i started off with a 22 rifle at mossberg uh, peep site shot shorts for squirrels yeah use a 12 gauge scatter gun for rabbits and quail <laughs> and uh, that was my hunting because uh, in those days in that neck of the woods deer were just non-existent really that's hard to believe but yeah that's in the uh Oh, late 40s yeah. and early 50s, and it was a different world. Now, you're married, M.R. Talk about your beautiful wife and your kids. Uh, well, uh, Janet was a high school sweetheart of mine. We started dating when I was a junior. Uh, I tell people I robbed the cradle. She was in the eighth grade at that time. <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, not quite true. Yeah. She was uh, two years behind me at yeah. uh, Mount Carmel, Illinois High School. Oh, yeah. I know where it's at. I, uh, played, uh, played ball, played uh, baseball was my best sport, uh, played a little basketball, enjoyed uh, getting out the uh, doors. That was uh, more important to me than, uh, than sitting in a classroom or uh, really playing other sports. Uh, just been a hunter since uh, almost day one. Yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, now, about your parents, your mom and dad, talk about them uh, and your roots. Where did your your roots originate from? Uh, England? Okay. Uh, where? Well, my uh, roots uh, with my parents, my mom was born in Oklahoma Territory in 1904. Wow. Uh, Oklahoma didn't become a state until I think it was 07. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad was born in Missouri, and you might have heard of his father, Frank James. You kidding me? No way. Yeah. No well, way! He was, he was Franklin James. I don't think he was Jesse's brother, but I oh, like okay. to tell that story. <laughs> you set a trap for us. <laughs> you guys got these perking up real quick. We saw like they all up real quick. point. I was like, point! Wow. I've got an uncle named Johnny Cash. He <laughs> never right. walked the line. Well, I had, uh, I had uh, one other, I think, historic uh, comment to make about uh, my mom's dad. Uh, like I said, she was born in Oklahoma Territory. My dad was born in Illinois when his family was moving west by wagon. Hmm. And he grew up in uh, and around Wichita, Kansas. Uh, when he was a teenager, he got on his saddle horse and rode down the Chisholm Trail to Texas wow. and got a job on the King Ranch. Yes. <laughs> and later, I would come to hunt that ranch. I hunted there every winter for a number of years, and it was kind of neat thinking that my granddad used to ride his pony up and down those uh, those. Uh, short hills and going through those copes and seeing the the wildlife. It was just uh, almost like visiting family. That's neat, Redbone. Yeah, it's kind of like jumping into a time machine. It, oh, it man, I love well, to hear their it, roots. It, yeah. Don't you? It's exactly. cool. And, and well, he, when he said there was like when there was no deer with, and he was growing up, it's it was the same story we hear from everybody yeah. of of that era. Like uh, when, yeah. when we had Brenda Valentine on, she's like, you know, it was a big deal if one deer was seen and there was a footprint, everybody oh, around would come and see it. Same way in Southern Missouri. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. One, uh, one, one quick addition. Yeah. Uh, my my granddad, uh, my mom's dad in Wichita, he ended up running a livery stable. 
Mm-hmm. And one of his customers was Wyatt Earp. And that's the guy. <gasps> that's, that's that cool. is awesome. That's cool. Man, let me ask you this. Uh, it's all of the, I didn't have this in the outline, but do you like reading Westerns? Oh, I love reading Westerns. I have every Louis Lamar. Oh, I knew you was going to say that. Louis Lamar. My dad had every yeah. Louis Lamar book. And when my dad read it, he would make a circle with an X in it. <laughs> and he give all when he passed away. My nephew Shane got all of his Louis Lamar's. We got another. We got another seven minutes left in this segment here. Uh, two minutes. Two minutes left. Here's my question for you. Uh-huh. We know you love bow hunting. All right. Yeah. Can you reshare your first bow hunt with us? Well, I can, and I hunted all of 61, 60, 61, and 62 in Indiana. I was going to school, and my wife and I were married by then. I saw a grand total of one deer. In 63, <laughs> in 63 on the last day of the season, and back then it was both gun and bow season, uh-huh. on the last day of the season, I was walking down a dry creek bed, sandy, and it was real quiet walking, and a doe stepped out in front of me. That was the first or the second deer I'd ever seen while hunting that area. And she stood there and looking, and then she moved a step or two, and this buck steps in, and he turns and looks at me, and I think, oh, my God. <laughs> he, he, I, was, I was shooting a Colt Huntsman recurve, the cedar arrows, bear razor I love it. And... He looked at me, and I thought, well, that's what I'm here for. And it was starting to get a little twilight, but mm-hmm. I could, it was still legal shooting time, and I mm-hmm. put an arrow in the air, and I hit him. Yeah. And I looked for blood. I looked for cut hair. couldn't find anything. It was getting dark. Heck, I went home, drove home, didn't sleep much that night. Called one of my college buddies. We went back the next morning and found him about 100 yards away. He oh, my. taking out both lungs. And that six-point buck was the first six-point buck to make the Pope and Young record book. Oh, wow. Wow. What history. He he had tremendous mass. His bases, one was just a hair under seven inches, (gasps) and the second one was over six and a half, and that was larger. There were only about 2,500 whitetails in that first Pope and Young record book. Wow. But uh, he was the only six-pointer, and he was the only buck larger around the bases than anyone, and that includes Mel Johnson's world record. Holy cow. Wow. I'm oh looking up God. at him. I'm sitting in my office now. He's uh, got a place of honor above my desk here. and uh, Every time I walk in the re- room, I remember seeing him. For the beautiful, time. beautiful. Now that's why we love to bow hunt. Stories like this right here, is, <laughs> it just consumes us. Uh, when I hear that, I, I, it's like I'm picturing everything you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So is Wayne. So, yeah, exactly. We're, we're picturing this, man. We're going to go to a break. Don't go away. we got more with legendary M.R. James. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. In my old pair of hunting boots, passed on down, planted deep in the ground, around your heart, so you never got to worry. Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. American Roots. Bug Grizz presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of our show. And again, legendary bow hunter. And we've learned a lot about his roots in the first two segments here. Uh, I'm telling, or the first second segment about his history of his family. That's intriguing, Redbone. I mean, his, his fa- grandfather took care of a, a livery stable for White Earp. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> Blaine. I, that just, is it. That just we. Re- I mean, we could do a whole show just on. Yeah, we know, need to get you back on this and more to talk that, about I that. I know we want to stick with bow hunting. Yeah, right. we, it's and bow hunting. Yeah, you know, I it's, and I know this is a bow hunting show. And in yeah. the beginning, he was talking about how he had the you know the, the two guns, a scatter gun, and that. Yeah. At what point did you? you know pick up the bow and say this is what i want to do i mean was there something that you saw or an inspiration like uh you know was it saxton pope or howard hill or fred bear somebody that, that yeah. you said oh, hey yeah. i want to uh, this is what i want to do okay this is uh me talking about fred bear briefly because uh, he was a hero i got to uh, got to meet fred uh, I was editor of the Pope and Young Club's first record book in 1975, and Fred was on the board of directors. I met him for the first time in 72 at a Pope and Young convention in Denver. And the guy, he was just, you know, your idol, and when he walked yeah. up, yeah. It, it was it was cafeteria-style seating in those days, and I'll be darned if uh, we, me and several buddies from Illinois had been out, Indiana and Illinois, had been out to, to Colorado to hunt. We stopped in Denver on the way back for this convention, and here comes Fred Bear with a tray, and he walks up to our table, and he says, you mind if I join you fellas? <laughs> I love it! Do you mind? mind. After all, no, you I imagine you did not mind. Do we mind? Please! <laughs> after, after you got up off the floor from falling out of your chair, you yeah. said yes. Yeah, I, that's about right. The one kid that just adored, I mean, he, he idolized Fred, and he, when Fred sat down, he put his tray down, he turns to that kid and he says, Hi, my name's Fred Bear. What's yours? That kid, I don't think, hoisted his hand all the way back to Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I wonder. I wonder if at the end of that that dinner, if there were so many questions asked, he stood up and said, "Man, I regret sitting at this table." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't I, stop asking questions if Fred yeah. Bear sat at my table. Oh my gosh! So, so for, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, yeah. You helped create Bow Hunter Magazine. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, how many Pope and Young animals have you harvested and registered in the books? You think? I I really don't know. Uh, I've I've hunted 35 states and seven Canadian provinces. I've taken 21 of the 29 species, and uh, I was going to finish up, but when I told my wife, uh, prices had gone up, and it was only called about a $600,000 for me to finish the slam. Yeah, she said you can do without that. <laughs> so, Mr. Tell our listeners, if you don't mind, how young you are, really. Uh, no, I was uh, born on December 6, 1940, and oh, yeah. if my math's correct, uh, that'll make me in, a, in exactly oops, what the first in another five days, I'll turn 83. There you go, man. What, what an inspiration, listeners, all across the country, 83-year-old bow hunter, and he still bow hunts every year. You're a legend like Fred Bear. In my eyes, yeah. Mr. Well, that's that's kind of you to say. Uh, yeah, I mean one that one legend uh, named Fred Bear, and he takes the place of uh, all of us who aspire to fall on his boot tracks. Yeah, but isn't it amazing though how generations look back and say, "Well, this was my inspiration. This was my inspiration." Yeah. To where, like for myself and Alex, you're about the same age as me too. You know, in the '80s, it was Bow Hunter Magazine was the you know that was the stuff that you went to yeah. for knowledge. I mean, that was your encyclopedia, and I would say that's exactly what it was—an encyclopedia of knowledge for anybody yeah. who was getting into bow hunting. Exactly. You, I mean, you transpired a whole generation of, yeah. of people. Well, I remember as a kid reading his articles, Mr.'s articles, and Fred Bear articles. And mm-hmm. I remember my first bow was a recurve, and and I've shared this story. I remember learning to shoot a recurve instinctively, and my brother Will John was an instinctive shooter, and and we had a little competition, and I lost my recurve to my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, let me ask you this question. Uh, uh, we're going to switch gears. We're going to get into hunting techniques here. Uh, we're in segment three. Uh, okay. Share with us your favorite scouting technique. What's your favorite well, way to scout? I, being retired has its advantages. And I like to spend time when I'm hunting whitetails here in southern Indiana, and I also hunt a friend's farm in Illinois, to spend as much time in the woods seeing, scouting, finding mm-hmm. the tracks, finding this time of year they're starting to scrape. And uh, I'm, I don't 
rely on trail cams. Mm-hmm. I, I just like to get out there and do it myself and, and smell out where they're moving. And smell I've had the stripes. Experience yeah. over the years to uh, uh, have a. I can walk there and I can say, okay, I'm going to put a stand right there in that tree, or here, here's where three trails come together. I'm going to put up a ground blind over here in this, this thicket. And that's the way I, I get out. It's pretty much hands-on. Uh, it, it works for me, and uh, I just love doing it myself. That's awesome. Now, do you prefer a tree stand or a ground blind? I prefer hunting off the ground when I can. I, I loved the years. We lived in the Flathead Valley of uh, northwestern Montana for yeah. uh, 16 years, and out there there's a lot of ground hunting. And I love stalking game. I've had I've been blessed to stalk a lot of the critters, and it uh, it's it's an exciting, a lot more exciting to me than you know sitting in a stand. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but sitting in a stand and having a deer walk past and shooting it. When you see the deer before he sees you, and you've set up where you can get a shot if he crosses this opening, mm-hmm. that's what makes my. Uh, uh, face break out in a smile <laughs> i love it right we're all smiling ear to ear in the studio right now hearing your stories mr go ahead red bone <laughs> yeah, well we've, we've got just a, a minute or so left in this segment mr james in, in all of your years i mean you're there from the beginning of bow hunting yeah. to, to now yeah. and, and bow hunting probably has never been more popular than it is now yeah what do you think has been the thing that has turned people on to bow hunting, whether it be some of the technology, the improvements in the bows, cameras, and he doesn't use cameras, but yeah, yeah or you know, or, or the arrows, releases, the releases. What what do you think has been the best advancement in bow hunting? Well, I think that it's, it's a combination of those things plus the long seasons. I think that really turns mm-hmm. a lot of people on. You get out in the woods before it's really cold. Uh, a lot of the country. And you can get out and hunt in your shirt sleeves or whatever, and uh, just being outdoors. And there's no question the compound bow revolutionized uh, bow hunting. Uh, Some like it, some don't, but that's uh, that's a fact. And uh, I shoot compounds. I still shoot stick bows. Uh, It's a personal choice. And each bow hunter has to decide for himself or herself mm-hmm. what works for him. But being able to do it yourself and figure out, okay, that's the tree, I'm going to hang a stand, and then later you happen to shoot a nice buck out of it or just shoot a meat uh, deer, mm-hmm. that satisfaction can't be matched by uh, many other things that I'm aware of. That's beautiful. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about deer biology. And segment four with Mr. M.R. James, one of my mentors that I've looked up to as a young man, and I'm sure you too, Wayne, and Redbone. But uh, don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors uh, with M.R. James. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, folks, it's Richard Young with the Kentucky Headhunters down here in southern Kentucky. You're just listening to American Roots Radio with Alec Rutledge right down here from Kentucky, but he's out yonder somewhere else. He's way out there. Y'all check it out. Accurate. Deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp 24 volt single battery weighs 46 pounds 
this thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries has even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. They ain't down. We'll be waiting when they hit the ground. Big time coming, it's what we do. From a whipper wheel to a old house. Soil Pro Outdoors presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoor segment four of our show. We are a four-part, four-segment show for the radio talk show and a five-part segment show for our podcast. And again, our special guest is Mr. James. And uh, man, again, it's so uh, interesting to learn, Wayne, about his ancestry, you know, his, his, his roots and uh, learn about all the people he's met that we have read their ma- their books, etc. Right. And uh, Fred Bear, one of them. And uh, I got this question here in this segment here: Deer biology. Talk to us about deer biology, real quick. Well, you tell me what uh, how you define biology, and I'll be glad to do it. Okay. Talk about uh, biology in terms of bucks, does, breeding rituals. Well, it's kind of with humans, uh, the, the ladies kind of control things. <laughs> and, Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. And, Heard. And when, when, uh, when they start uh, feeling... Uh, Frisky. I don't know that they feel sexy. The bucks do first, I guess. But when they come around and kind of give in, uh, that's my favorite time of year. I'm seeing it right here on my farm in Indiana. Uh, I saw two bucks this morning uh, harassing those, and they weren't wanting much of it. But, boy, it's getting to be that time. And that is the time that I love being in the woods because you never know what's going to happen. And, I mean, you don't know but you just buckle in and hang on and see <laughs> if that big boy comes by, yeah. uh, nose to the ground and uh, his hawks all stained and uh, stinking, yeah, oh, reeking, yeah, you bet, that's that's living, yeah, that's living, especially if you set your your setup right and he's coming in up window. It's a lot like a bull elk, you know. You can smell those rutting bucks. I can smell them. My daughter, we done a hunt. Uh, you may have seen the hunt on primetime bucks back in the day. She was three years old, and I yep. shot a buck, and we went and got her to come and help us track the deer. You remember that, Redbone? She goes, Daddy, I smell the blood. I smell the blood. There's the blood, Daddy, and we let her track that deer till oh, we found it. Oh, man, that's, uh, you, you never forget something. No. That's, yeah. Okay. Talk about understanding the rut real quick. Well, if if I understood it, I'd write a book on it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've told about all I know in, in the books that I've uh, written. Uh, it's it's magical time. That's, it is. That's one way to put it. And as I say, if you're not in the woods, if you've only got a week off from work or whatever, if you can time it and hit it right, uh, you want to you want to be out there all the time you can. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's just starting to cook here, but I'm seeing, I'll send you a couple of photos if you'd be interested. Two oh, of them yes. Passed, passed yes. up. Uh, they, are, they are nice bucks, and uh, I'm saying that from 60-plus uh, from years of uh, chasing whitetails all over the United States. And the fact that it's on my own property is just a plus. Oh, it is. But, it is. But wherever you're hunting them, You've got to make the time, and you've got to live for that uh, that magic moment when uh, when the woods come alive and there's uh, there's deer running everywhere. Some people say that's one of the hardest times to kill a buck, and it depends. But that's my favorite time to be out there, and now, I'll spend as much time as I can in a stand or in a blind or just being in the woods because you never know what's going to walk past you. Yeah, I know Redbone and Wayne have questions, but I got to ask this. Uh, when you're hunting uh, the the peak of the rut like that, do you try to set up an intersections, pinch points, uh, hoping that they push does through there by you? Is that your technique? That's exactly right. Uh, I, I set up a lot. I've got out here on the farm. I've been here 16, 17 years. And I, wherever two or three trails come together is a favorite spot for having a ground blind or a tree stand. Yeah. You know, but I'm I fi- like 
I like to shoot from the ground, quite honestly. Me too. Me too. Uh, I I won't release an arrow at a deer unless I can take out both lungs. I, yeah. I learned that a long time ago. They can't live with both lungs gone. One lung, they can make it a long way and might even recover. But, boy, you, you take out both lungs, and the last few deer I've shot, uh, I've seen go down on sight, uh, you know, or in sight. And it, that is, recovering a deer is so doggone important. It is, like yeah. Like I said, if you could take a shot and pray, uh, I hope the good Lord's listening, because yeah. the odds can be against you if you don't put that arrow now you would- where it's going to kill now you had said that you were talking about the intersections and that in the woods and that and you know you prefer ground blind hunting. Is that what your like number one choice is? Is hunting in the woods with ground blinds, or do you like to hunt uh, field edges and that it's too during edges, the rut? Field edges, but I okay. also here on our farm, uh, I've gotten to know this place. I've walked every foot of it, and this is some of the most rugged hill country ridges, hardwood ridges. Uh, they flatten out this state. Uh, uh, this part of the state, we'd be taking over a third of Kentucky, just south of us. It's just—it's uh, amazing. It looks like you're in some places there in Missouri, or yeah. uh, down in the Ozarks. I know that area. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this, let me ask you this question: uh, After you've done your stand place scouting, etc., everything, and conditioning, uh, etc., let's talk about your books. How can people purchase your books or or Find out more about you. We're going to wrap it up right here. Well, One I've written, minute. Uh, I've written a number of books, uh, 10 or 12, I forget which, and most are out of print. But I've got this last book, uh, Bowen and Gospel, from mm-hmm. the book of M.R. James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a supply. If you guys want a copy, I'll get you one. Yes. You know, <laughs> We're all yes. Contact me. Love it. Go to, go to uh, my website, uh, M.R. James Bowhunter, okay. and uh, just Google that, and you can find uh, an order form for a book, uh, okay. or contact me directly through yeah. through email. Uh, okay. I'd be glad to give you a, a, okay. a heads up on that. Too. Beautiful. What have you got to say to your listeners real quick, 30 seconds, that's going out there hunting right now? What have you got to say to them to be successful? Get out there and be confident. Have a positive attitude. Don't go out there hoping, go out there feeling, knowing in your gut that you're going to get a shot and you're going to make the most of it. And you're going to obtain that by knowing how to scout and read the sign and use the proper setups. You bet your life. There you have it, folks. M.R. James, legendary bow hunter, one of my uh, mentors that I've read his articles and followed him all these years, a true legend, 83 years young. And I, I, I pray to the good Lord that you and I get to spend time in the woods together. If you get a deer killed out in Illinois, I want you to come to Missouri and we'll spend four or five days here and get you on a buck. That's a deal. That's a deal. Everybody, please stay tuned. If you're a podcast listener, uh, Wayne Lack's going to tell you right now how you can listen to us. Yeah, just because the radio show's ending doesn't mean that this show is ending. We're going to have uh, more with uh, Mr. James on our podcast. Just go to your uh, favorite podcast carrier, open your phone, just type in podcast, it'll pop up, and then uh, just type in American Roots Outdoors, and people will be able to you'll be able to listen to the rest of the story with Mr. James, uh, where we're going to talk about uh, some of his most like his most memorable buck and uh, more on his uh, uh, preference between the uh, compound and. Recurve. I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah, and um, you know we're gonna we pick his brain. We're, we're gonna pick his brain. brain. We're gonna pick his brain. So if you want to learn yeah. more about bow hunting, man, you gotta tune into the bonus segment. Thank you again for being a wonderful guest. And remember this: share God's creation with our kids. We are the mentors. We are the the people that's responsible for keeping the great sport of bow hunting strong. And remember this: when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. 
Do you want to sell your land? Do you want to buy land, hunting land, farmland? Contact Legacy Farm and Land Specialist LLC. Ryan McKinley, tell us about Legacy. Legacy Farm and Land Specialist LLC is based out of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We service all the state of Missouri. We're opening up an office in Kentucky. Come and see us. There you have it, folks. Legacy Land and Farm Specialist LLC. Buy, sell, auction. Ryan McKinley, 573-683-1449. Eagle Seed presents... Welcome back to America Roots Outdoors. This is the podcast bonus segment. You're going to be joined here again uh, with my co-host, Redbone Mike Crace, Wayne Locke, and our special guest, Mr. James. And they're going to talk about more uh, success stories of one of his most memorable bucks that he ever shot. And he already shared one story. I know he's got hundreds more, but also how people can learn more about Mr. James and how can people follow Mr. James. So I'm turning it over to Wayne and Redbone. Here All you right. go. All right. All right. Well, hey. yeah, I'm so happy to be here because what a great guest and yeah. a wealth of, of knowledge. So my question, Mr. James, right now, and uh, earlier you talked about the fact that you have harvested or hunted uh, whitetail in 39 different states and seven different provinces in Canada. Which one is your favorite and why, if you have a favorite? Well, I'm a homebody of sorts. <laughs> uh, uh, when I left Indiana and spent 16 years in Montana, that was home then, and that's a special place, and that ranch along the Flathead River had more whitetails, including some big whitetails and a lot of places I've hunted in so-called whitetail states. But I'm an Illinois native and Indiana where I've spent most of my adult life. Those two states to me are what epitomize whitetail hunting. Uh, that's where Mel Johnson took his uh, world record, still king after Gosh, what is it, 60-plus years? Mm -hmm. I'd have to do the math. But hey, think about that. That buck he killed in that bean field just outside Peoria, Illinois, is still the largest typical whitetail ever to wow. two, four, and five-eighths, if I remember correctly. It's unbelievable considering the millions of deer that have been killed since then. Yeah, have you ever had an opportunity to, to hunt what they call the Golden Triangle? Yeah. Uh, a little bit, but uh, that's been a long time ago, and uh, I, I guess I'm trying to say is uh, I've hunted a lot of places, and that was one that uh, I, I felt I had to, and I got invited to uh, have, have a few friends in that area, mm -hmm. uh, and... When they invite me, I can't say no. That's what it boils <laughs> down to. So. Gotcha. And, and that becomes another favorite area. Sure. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Now, you say, I know you said that you had the first um, six-point buck in the record book. Do you have any other deer in the record book right now? And, 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 and side part two of that question would be, what is the largest buck you've ever taken? Uh, in the 150s, one close to 160. I think I've I've taken a number of nice bucks that did make the record book, but I don't really, quite honestly, and this is hard to believe from someone who was Pope and Young Club president for several terms, uh, I don't care that much about measurements. Uh, if, if it makes my book, that's the only thing that matters. Amen to that. Yeah, that's, yeah. we tell people that all the time. Don't worry about trying to shoot the biggest. Just shoot whatever makes you happy. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Because I, I tell you, there's times where we've talked to people and they'll tell you a story and you can just tell from the smile on their faces, they're talking how much they enjoyed that. And then when they get to the end, they'll be like, you know, it was a, it was a six point, you know, it, it was a fork, mm -hmm. but yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. because the enjoyment they had in their face telling the story is what, to me, is what it's all about. Yeah. My favorite hunt ever that I've ever done, the buck ended up being about 117. <laughs> But it was a, just a great fun hunt. Right. And for me, one of my favorites was when I my was actually my first deer I ever killed, and that was a doe. I had spot and stock. I was 12 years old with a recurve. Yeah, yeah. Well, one quick uh, quick story, if you've got time. Sure. Uh, I was a friend of a dentist in, in Montana when I lived out there. Chuck Williams was his name, Dr. Chuck. 
and he was one of the nicest and just best friend I've ever had, one of them. And uh, he uh, unfortunately passed away from a heart attack. I was uh, hunting in Iowa. I think Brenda Valentine and Bob Folkrod and uh, several of us were down there hunting at the time. And I got a message from Janet that he'd been rushed to uh, Missoula for the hospital down there. And they they saved his life at that time, but they replaced the aorta and a whole bunch. He was just all kind of plastic and mm. tubes from his heart going in every direction. And uh, he still wanted to go outdoors. And I drew a moose tag that last year. I lived in Montana, and he insisted on tagging along. And he finally, uh, we got word he had had a heart attack and passed away. And his family, I, I went out, flew out from Indiana. I was back here then. Flew out, uh, attended the funeral, spoke at his funeral. And his family, after the uh, ceremony, uh, handed me his favorite recurve and said, would you, ch- uh, would you shoot a buck in, in Chuck's memory? And this was about, I guess, three, four years ago. Uh, I did use his bow. Uh, it was a custom-made Neil Jacobson makes a bear's paw bow. This typical recurve, Chuck's favorite. And I killed a buck at a 10-pointer here on our farm. And to me, that's one of the most special bucks I've ever killed. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about doing something like that. Yeah. And he's looking down on you watching, I bet. I know he is. His family, <laughs> his family, just they're first class people, and uh, we love them. And when we go out to visit our son, who lives in the Flathead Valley, uh, son Dave, he's the only other bow hunter I've got in the family. I don't know what the hell went wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he it, was it, a good friend of Chuck's too, and he shot his first whitetail in Wisconsin with me on a hunt when he was twelve, and he killed his first black bear. In Colorado, two years later, when he was 15 or 14, wow. I guess it would be, and he he kicked, and his his son Mark uh, is a bow hunter. Heck, he's he's already taken a couple nice bulls. Uh, they go elk hunting every year, and he shot a bear this spring. And, uh, he just he's he's the kind of kid that you look at as a grandson and say you you know you're on the right track, kids. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there something uh, uh, that that you've always wanted to do that you've never got to do? And I'm talking about in the in the woods or or, or a place you wanted to hunt that you've never had the opportunity. Well, I'm kind of a North American hunter. Uh, I've had chances to hunt Africa, and I sent Fred Asbell, who's our hunting editor, then I sent him all, over one year. Uh, I just. I love North American game. I know the animals. I've studied them. I've hunted most of the species. I've never, I've had a chance, but I've never released an arrow at a grizzly. And uh, I, I would really like, I've always wanted to take a grizzly with my bow. Mm. But the best chance I had, it was too iffy a situation for me to feel comfortable when I watched him walk away. Oh. But uh, I love being able to look back over a career and like I say, the good Lord's blessed me with uh, all kinds of, of special hunts and I've got a few favorites but uh, as, as looking at the whole package, I have no reason to complain and never would. You know, I'll have to say it was a little a little surprising to me when you said uh, when Redbone asked you earlier, you know, what's your favorite place to hunt and you had said, you know, you're more of a homebody so you prefer your home state and that. But you know, a lot of people have said who who have visited Alaska, you know, some point in their life, mm-hmm. they always said if I could go to any place again, that would be the place. There's well, something... I hunted Alaska in 85 for the first time. I've hunted up there a lot and I've killed caribou and moose and I just, I love the state. I, that's where I hunted grizzlies mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times. And I'm looking out the windows. We're talking here, and there's a doe feeding about 60 <laughs> yards away. And I'm thinking, uh, no, if if it was a big buck, I'd probably cut this call short just to go <laughs> photograph it. But 
these are our yard deer. But anyway, uh, Alaska is a special place. Uh, I spoke to the Alaska bow hunters one year up there and took my wife along, and she understood after being there, seeing those mountains and the, the, the majesty of the state. It's just, it is a special place. And if I had advice for any hunter wanting to hunt a truly unique, magnificent state, that would be go to Alaska and hunt something. Yeah, that's, that seems to be a common theme among anybody that's ever been there in the past. And for me, it was always on my bucket list. I've never had the chance to, but of all the places, Africa and, and Alaska would be my two. But, you know, MR, we, we have run out of time, unfortunately, because I could talk to you for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we definitely are going to need to give, get you on again uh, so we can get more of your stories and get suck some of that knowledge out of your, your brain here and help us uh, little folks out. <laughs> so. Well, I want to thank you for the invite. And uh, you can call me anytime. Uh, I'll uh, be glad to chat with you fellas. And maybe we are trails across here that would be awesome that would be awesome awesome. all right so wayne uh let's go wrap it up for the uh uh, for our bonus segment here on the podcast Uh, and folks we appreciate you listening and uh don't forget to share uh the podcast information with your friends i mean and you know if you're talking to your friends down at the cafe at lunch or at dinner one night or just out of a football or a basketball game say hey you know who mr james is and if they say no just slap them so what's right. <laughs> wrong with you? And then invite them to come listen to the podcast and find out. So. Yeah, it only takes a second. You're listening to it right now. Just push that little share button and, and share, share it amongst it your work. social work. All right, MR, thank you very much. You've been a great guest. Thanks a lot to you guys. God bless and good hunting. MR James. And that's going to wrap it up, Wayne. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. Hey, deer hunters, are you looking for an easy-to-use product to help enhance your food plots and enhance the health of your overall deer herd? You need to check out Soil Pro Outdoors. They are the soil health experts. They've developed a revolutionary and groundbreaking approach to taking food plots to the next level. It's easy to use. can be applied with something as simple as a handheld sprayer. Enhance antler size, the health of your herd, and the health of your soil. Soil Pro Outdoors help produce the highest quality forage possible. All natural approach to improving soil health. Find them on Facebook at Soil Pro Outdoors. Soil Pro Outdoors, the soil health expert. What we do from a whippoorwill to an old house who sitting still till it's time to shoot American roots. Take it to a holler. Take it to a feed.